Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know if you follow the news. You can nearly not follow the news these days. This is interesting times that we are living in. And, but you know that it is, in, it is in times like these where we as a church has to arise. Isaiah 60 verse 1 says, Arise and shine. Yes. Amen. And uh, we are supposed to shine when it's darkness. Okay, we are not supposed to confirm the darkness, we are supposed to shine in the darkness. Amen. We are supposed to bring hope where there is no hope. And uh, I was just thinking this morning that the way we are today, that like if Boris Johnson becomes Prime Minister on Monday, when he goes before the whatever uh, disciplinary thing he has to go through, and if he's found guilty, he has he's thrown out of parliament. And then they can have a by-election in his constituency. So we have a prime minister who is not a member of parliament. Uh, this is how crazy it is today. Okay, I don't know if your markets have been affected uh, by... I, I heard someone said that on, on average, some people were paying 500 pounds extra a month now because of uh, this stunt that they did. But... But this is not the time to say, as a church, Jesus said he's the same, yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Amen? And it doesn't really matter what happens in the world, because God that you belong to can do something that can overturn it. Yeah. You know, that is, I always find if you speak to the Egyptians during the, the plagues in Egypt, and you spoke to the Israelites, they probably both have two different accounts of what happened. Okay, when there was complete darkness in, uh, in Egypt, the Israelites, they still lived in light. When the Egyptians lost all their provision, you know, the night, when, the day when the Israelites were told to go to all the Egyptians and ask for all the jewelry and money and things like that, the Egyptians would probably say, this is the biggest financial crisis this country have ever had. And if you ask the Israelites, we'll say this is the greatest provision we ever experienced. Yeah. Amen. And uh, and you know when 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 the world goes through crisis or, or, or things get shaken, it's transitions. Okay. Uh, someone said once to me, when we have a financial crisis, what it really means is money moves from one group of people to another group of people, and the ones who say it's a crisis are the one who losing it. Okay, and the Bible talks about. Remember, the Bible says that the wealth of the righteous, the wealth of the wicked, shall be transferred to the righteous. And it is in seasons like this that these things are happening. But for us to be able to receive it, we have to be aware of it. Not just joining into the choir and say, "Oh, everything is bad." And and if you are Christian, the way you join in into the choir is like, "Oh, Jesus is coming back soon. Everything is falling apart." Blah blah blah. No, Jesus is not coming tomorrow. You can rest. You, you still have to go to work tomorrow. Amen? Uh, if Jesus comes back tomorrow, I'm going to clock up all my credit cards tonight. <laughs> no. Anyway, so, no, so, so we as a church, we should rejoice. Okay? You know, I, I don't know. Have you ever heard about the Spanish Inquisition? 
this was when uh, the king of Spain, he was in charge of Europe at the time, and uh, he made a, a decree, and, uh, uh, not a decree, 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 okay, that Jewish people, if they didn't convert to Christianity, they would lose everything. So they basically forced Jewish people to be baptized and denounce their Jewish faith. And, and, and those who didn't do it, they either got killed, but out of that came that Jewish people were only allowed to do three kinds of uh, occupations. They could only be, they could be tailors, because that was a women's job. They could be bankers, because we as Christians were not allowed to take, in, make, uh, take interest. And then they were minors, because that was a dirty job. And you know, from, uh, God made them the most successful people in all three aspects, okay? Uh, you heard of Levi's, okay? Do you, know, uh, you know, do you know how he became rich? It was during the gold rush in Los Angeles, and, um, and someone said, no one got rich by digging for gold. But those who got rich were those who provided the tools for those who dig for gold. But what I'm trying to say is that when it's in the natural, it looks like horrifying things happening, I'm telling you, now you should be expectant. Now you should lift up your head and expect God's provision, God's blessing to be poured out upon your life. This is where it happens. Amen. It, it doesn't happen in peace times. It happens there. When, when, it's, when, when, when it's darkness outside, now arise and shine. You know, look at Jesus. When did, Jesus, when did God decide to send Jesus to earth? He sent him. He didn't send. He sent him at the worst time. If you look at it from a natural point of view, Israel was occupied by the Romans. Uh, they didn't have a country of their own. They were steeped in deep religious uh, things. And in the midst of that, God sent the light of the world, just like He sent you and I in the light of the world. And we've been placed in Bradford, which is really maybe the darkest place of all places in, in UK, okay? So, it's, and do you know what is good when it's darkness? It's not so difficult to shine. Amen. Have you noticed that? The darker it is, the light does not need to be that strong to be seen. So, we don't have a big task upon us. We, we, we just give up. So, but, but the thing is, it starts within us. Where we must not fall into the spirit that is in the world of that everything is rubbish, everything is negative, everything is terrible, and tomorrow is going to be worse than today. No, our Bible says, arise and shine. Amen. Arise and shine. This is your task. This is my task. Our job is to bring light into darkness. Amen. And there's a lot of people where we are that is in our lives today, that will need that hope. Because of, in a natural point of view, yes, it doesn't look very good, but the thing is, that's why we are here, to bring hope. And I believe that we, I was just thinking today, like, uh, you know, like, uh, when you look at the quality of politicians, and I don't say that just because of, uh, you know, because it's, it's very easy just to complain about politicians, but, the problem that we are living in today, we are living actually at the back end of 40, 50 years of bad teaching in the church. Okay, One of the tasks that we had as a church, as a, now I'm talking global church, is to provide good men and women to society. 
that can take positions of leadership, that can take positions of responsibility, that can guide our society in a righteous way. You know, if you go back to the early 1900 uh, in this country, you would not find a, uh, an estate really that did not have a Sunday school. You know, it was norm. You know, it was common. You know, it was like normal that every single child went to Sunday school. Mm. You know, there, there's an area in Leeds where it's called. Um, this is a rough area now. Don't go there, but called Halton. Okay, uh, that actually, if you originally, originally as Holy Town, and there's a story that goes where there was they had the biggest Sunday school in Leeds at the time. Every child in that area went to Sunday school. But not, it was not just there. It, it would be anywhere in England. And out of that, this, this nation produced some very high quality people. That is, but when, if you heard about the, uh, Woodstock, the 68 generation, the hippies and all these things, that started creeping into the church. It came in form of the charismatic movement. Now, I'm not saying the charismatic movement is wrong. I'm saying some of the things the charismatic movement brought with it was wrong. Do you understand the difference? There suddenly, there was no, no discipleships anymore because everyone could hear from God. So, like, it was more important. So, when someone left you, I said, no, God told me. That is what happens in the world. Families broke down. From the 68 generation and onwards, majority of people of our generation grew up in broken homes, if you are here in the West. Now, if you go to prisons today, the majority of these people who sit in prison today, what do they all have in common? They come from broken homes. And I'm telling you, in, we have many Christians today, they might not sit in a physical prison, but they sit in a spiritual prison because of there has been no one to lead them. And it came all from this bad teaching about Jesus is coming back soon. Okay? So what we did was, as a church, we withdrew from society, and we made a vacuum in society, and now we have all these people in positions. It's not because the devil is powerful, it's because we withdrew as a church. And now we need to get it back. That's why that over the last 15, 20 years, I talked a lot about education because we need to get the young people back so that they are qualified to take these positions again. Imagine, out of our roots are people like William Wilberforce. No, you know who he is? He was one who abolished uh, uh, slavery. Do you know that? Do you know who his spiritual father was? One of the last things that John Wesley did was getting hold of a young man called William Wilberforce because uh, John Wesley had seen slavery in America as a missionary and slavery here. And, uh, and then on his deathbed, basically, he, 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 he urged uh, William Wilberforce, this is the battle that you have to fight. Okay? Why could he carry things like that? Because he came out of a culture where Jesus was the center. Amen? And we need to get this back. Because or else this society that we are living in is just going from bad to worse. And this is not God's plan. God's plan is that he planted his church so that we could be a shining light. That there is hope. There is something greater than in this world. Amen. I don't know about... I, I, I met some people and uh, 
uh, I think their mortgage was some three or four hundred pounds extra. Can you imagine that in one month? And I, I'm telling you, I, I think that is common. And what, what do you, you know, I don't have, uh, I'm, not, I'm not a bank, but I, what you can give them is Jesus. And I'm reminded of, I can remember that um, when Peter and John came out of the temple in the book of Acts, and the, uh, the cripple was sitting outside the temple, and this is actually what I'm going to talk to you about today, that uh, he was looking for natural help. But we are not called to give people natural help. We are here to bring them the kingdom. So that's why Peter, he said, silver and gold have we not. But what we do have, I will give to you. And then what did he do? He pulled him up and, said, and then he got healed. And this is our job, to introduce people to a supernatural God who can then take care of their natural needs. Amen. This is what we are called to do. We are not called to be give a, what can I say, physical, uh, worldly help, because the world is better to do that. The world has far more resources to, to do charity work than we have. But what we do have is we have the presence of God. And that's what we have to bring. Not, we don't need, we, we're not called to do charity work. We're not called to do all these things. We, this is a byproduct of the kingdom. We are called to declare the year of the Lord. We're here to declare freedom over the oppressed. We're here to bring healing to the sick, restoration to the broken, the acceptable year to the poor. Luke 4, 18, I say, we preach the good news to the poor. What are the good news to the poor? You don't need to be poor, hopefully, okay? That's, that's what we are called to do. That bring light into this world bring faith. but before we can do that it has to start in our lives it has I, I cannot introduce you to someone that i do not know myself no matter how good my intentions are i cannot and therefore i must spend my life knowing jesus not knowing about him but knowing him amen because when i know him i can introduce you to him and when i can introduce you to him he will transform your life. I can't transform your life, okay? I, but I, what I do, what I can do, I can introduce you to him. And then he will introduce, uh, transform your life. I can't do it. You know, sometimes we think we can pray, you know, if you heard the phrase, prayer can change everything. No, it can't. I'm telling you, I have, there have been numerous people I try to change through prayer, and they do not change. Okay, because that not, my prayer is not to transform you. My prayer is that God will give you a, an opportunity. Now you can transform yourself. That's what, you know, I can't pray anyone into heaven. Do you know that? Because if I could do that, then you didn't get saved on your own accord. The, the Bible says, I need to believe in my heart and confess it in my mouth, and then I will be saved. I can't pray you into him. What I can do, I can pray that will be a, uh, someone come and give you the opportunity, give you the option to introduce you to Jesus, but at the, but, uh, at the end of the day, you have to make the decision. No one can make that decision on your behalf. Okay, we are not Mormons, where you can get baptized on behalf of someone who's already died. Okay, that's not what we are. Anyway. If you turn to uh, James and uh, 
James 2.18. Say. Now we can read from 17. Even so, faith, if it have not works, is dead, being alone. Even so, faith, if it if it have not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man say, a man may say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. I, I put a note in, in the side here of my Bible say, You can faith can be seen. Amen? Faith can be seen. If you have faith, I can see it. If you are in faith, I can see it. If you have faith, I can see it. It's not about hearing. If you have faith, I don't hear that you have faith. I can see if you have faith. There's a big difference. Because what I want to, us to come, we need to come out of, we need to come out of, Paul, I think it was Paul Scanlon who gave me that phrase. He said this thing. That he said, many of us, we ending up living in this virtual Christianity. Where we have it somewhere in, in a virtual world. But faith is not supposed to be virtual. Faith is supposed to be seen. Amen? Faith can be seen. If you are in faith, it can be seen. But Hebrews 11, one verse, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Uh, substance can be seen. I grew, I grew up with teachings that I stand in faith. Uh, what, what we really meant by, I don't have it, but I would like to have it. And if I behave well, maybe I will have it. But could you see it? No. That's not faith. Faith can be seen. In Acts, we talk about... Oh, I'll give you a script because I, I'm quoting it so many times. Uh, that is Acts. Uh, Acts 4.13, where we say that they were simple people, but they could see that they have been with you. They saw their boldness. Faith can be seen. It, you know, the whole purpose of our faith is, what is what you say? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is our job? To make heaven seen here on earth. Amen. Make heaven seen here on earth. Not, not, talk, not inform you about heaven. Not tell you about heaven. No, that you can look at my life. You can look at another Christian's life. And you can see the kingdom. This is what we're... Not hearing. Not hearing. Seeing. 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 You know, like... If someone says they have received Jesus as the Savior and Lord. And let's say after 10 years, they're still behaving the same thing. Same way. Most likely, they have not met Jesus. Because there will be a transformation that can be seen. You know, when, when I got saved, which is really, really strange. My, my family is really strange. Because of, uh, when I was young, I, could, I did what any young person did. And my parents, oh, Joe, they were never worried. Never mind, they didn't know where I was most of the time. That was before mobile phones or internet or whatever. And uh, I sometimes I could call them up from the other end of the country and ask them, could you, uh, I don't know how to get home from here. They didn't, they didn't even know where I was, okay? And my parents were not worried at all when I met Jesus. As I was sitting at home Friday evening. My mom was so worried. What, 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 why are you at home? 
<laughs> and and it, it was so, it was so bad. My mom actually called someone and I, maybe we need to kidnap him out of that cult. How, how, how do we get him out of the car? And all I did was, I was sitting home Friday evening. She was, she was, but for her, the transformation could be seen. It was not just a whole uh, barrage of words. Okay? You probably met some of these people where, where you know, they drowned you. I met some of them before I got saved. They drowned me with words. Okay? They preached me, they, they thought they could preach me into heaven. They couldn't, okay? The way I got saved was because there was someone who introduced me to Jesus. Not because I heard a good sermon, not because I heard a lot of words, or, or, or whatever it was. They just said, can we pray for you? They didn't pray for me to be saved. They prayed for me to meet Jesus. And when I met Jesus, I got saved. Amen? But it could be seen. I didn't want to tell anyone about my salvation because I, I, I already agreed to. I said to Jesus when I read Mark chapter 4, I am the seed that when persecution comes, I'm out of here. I'm not going to be the laughing stock at school for being a Christian. I'm out of here. I'm not going to tell anyone. Okay. The day I went into university the next morning, everyone just turned their head and looked at me. What happened to you? And I didn't know what we were talking about because the, 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 the glory of God was just upon me. Because I had such a meeting with Jesus. It could be seen. I didn't have to tell people that I got saved. Okay? I didn't have because faith can be seen. But we, we have but we come to a time now where we have turned faith into something where we shall we shall just hear, hear, hear. No, I'm telling you, your transformed life is the greatest testimony to your family, to your surroundings, not your words, but your transformation of life. That's what will, t will speak to people, not what I'm saying. Because have you noticed, we don't really pay too much attention anymore to what people are saying. We listen to politicians, we used to where people say one thing and doing another. Okay, and when people come to the gospel, they think exactly the same because of, if we're honest, we have a lot of Christians, so-called Christians, who have also said a lot of things and not lived according to what they're supposed to do. So it can be seen. When John the Baptist, remember when he got arrested, he ended up in prison and he got depressed. And when he asked his disciples to go and ask, Jesus, are you the Messiah? Do you know what is, do you know what is quite amazing that John the Baptist, remember he's the one who had the revelation, this is the Lamb of God. But what it shows to me is that we cannot live on yesterday's revelation. Every, today is the day of salvation. And but, but what did Jesus say? Go back to John and say, the sick get healed. And, and so he, he referred to things that you could see in the natural. He said, the, the kingdom of God is near. It could be seen. And here he says that, in 17, and I will show you, notice the word show. I will show you. No, but this is where, again, remember, we call to be disciples, not students. He says, I will show you. I can promise you that if you give me the time, I can show you how to heal people. 
just follow me when I go somewhere to preach. I can just show you, not teach you, show you, because that's what it does in discipleship. No, no. When we a discipleship, the way a disciple learns is through relationship. A way a student learns is through reading a book. You don't need to have a relationship, okay? But through discipleship. You know, this is where is fascinating with the <coughs> Oxford and Cambridge University. Because that is, that is built in that way, that you, you get a personal tutor at Oxford and Cambridge, and when you, when you are with that tutor, so you're learning through discipleship. Okay, I, I remember I said to Matthew, I'm glad he's not me, there's nowhere to hide, and you know nothing, and when you're sitting with this guy who maybe is the expert in the world of it, but they learn through discipleship. And that's the same way with you and I, we don't learn through... Are, are you, I used to think, uh, I, I grew up in this, when the Word of Faith movement was really at its peak, so we have teaching seminars of anything, five steps to do this, six steps to do that, seven steps if it didn't work, okay. So we thought we could be taught how to receive the blessing. We can't, because it's not an intellectual book, okay. The Bible is not an intellectual book. The Bible is a revelation of who God is. That's the difference. The Bible is not there to teach you about God. The Bible is there to introduce you to God. Do you understand the difference? Because there must come an end product. After you're reading the Word of God, there must be an end product where it must trigger an, a response in me. It's not like if I read the newspaper. No, 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 so that's not true. When I read the newspaper, there comes a response in me. So... I, I no anyway I, don't, I won't even say that word because then I have to repent afterwards. But you know, but when I read the word of God, for example, about healing, no, it's not it's not about just when I put it in my notebook. Oh, that's oh that's really nice. No, it it, it, it must birth a response in me when I read about tithing. It must it's not oh that's that's interesting. Uh, no, or, or whatever it may be, it must come a, it must trigger a response in me when I read the Bible. It's not that I can. I just read the Bible and say, "Oh, that was that was uh, some lovely thoughts. Interesting. See, I've been in England too long. It's a lovely thought. It must be something that well, when I see it now, I must respond. But this is where religion, from the 70s, had tried to turn Christianity into that it feeds you with a lot of information. And make you believe that the level of information is equivalent to your knowledge of God. It's not. Because I know people who knows every single prosperity scripture in the Bible. And you know, they struggle every single day to get their ends. Uh, means ends, meets, in, yeah, ends. I know people who knows every healing scripture in the Bible and they're still sick. Okay? I know, but I also know people who knows absolutely nothing, and they just said Jesus, and they got healed. Okay, I, me, I, I came in when I became a. I didn't know any prosperity. I just thought prosperity. Oh, I, I will have some of that. Well, that was wonderful. That could, and I didn't know the scriptures until later on, and God just blessed me. I had my, my first pastor said to me, this prosperity thing, it doesn't work. I said, it's too late, you should have come on Monday. 
Because he have all, you know, in Denmark we had to pay for all our books. And I was poor when I was a student. Okay, I know what poverty is. Like, uh, I, you know what a phone box is? Kate, you don't know what a phone box is. <laughs> no. In Denmark, it used to be that the first 10 seconds, if you can make a ring once and hang up, then the coin will come out again. So the phone box that was on the street from the flat that I was living in, when I had to call my parents, they knew when the phone only rang once, it was me. So they had the number to the phone box. That was how poor I was. Okay, my heating. I, I lived on first floors. I had a second floor above me and and uh, and the first floor. Uh, so I never turned on the heat. I'm telling you, I was. My showers were so quick because of the. And uh, if you want to know spaghetti and ketchup in 10,000 different ways, I can make you a cooking book. Okay? But when I became a Christian, when gosh, I will provide. And I'm telling you, I cannot believe how God provides. And uh, I remember I had some pair of shoes and there was holes in uh, So uh, And the weather in Denmark is like here. So every time it rained, I, I was literally walking on water. <laughs> in my shoes, okay, and uh, and I said to God, it can't be right. And then, you know, Pastor Frank, and I always joke with Pastor Frank, he said, you know, he's not quick to hear, but if God can get him to hear, so Pastor Frank, he contacted me one day, I don't know why, God keeps saying shoes, shoes, shoes to me, do you need shoes? Yes, and then I said to him, give me my money. <laughs> And God just kept providing. So prosperity was not a doctrine, so to speak. It was life. Salvation was not a doctrine. It was an experience. Do you understand? It's not that, but I've met other people that will fight with you about, they will say, they will fight with you that the Bible teaches about healing, but they don't go out and do it. Okay? They will fight with you, with, they, will, they will fight with you with all these things, but it's about doing. Do you know what? I made a list of, do you know the, the areas where, uh, within the body of Christ, there's the most uh, arguments about? It is speaking in tongues. I remember, I, I don't hear it so much now, but it used to be, oh, it can be the devil who makes you speak in tongues. Oh, ooh. Okay, it can be the devil. I said, no, no, I don't need to speak in tongues to say rubbish. I can do that. Okay? Speaking in tongues, when I, uh, it used to be so contested. The, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's the devil. It's the devil. You don't know. Oh, this is wrong tongues. How do you know? You don't even believe in it. Uh, uh, no, uh, we used to have these arguments so many times. And they said to me, so I was a Baptist, they said to me, speaking in tongues is not real. I said, what do you mean? It's not real. It died out with the early years. It's too late. It, because it was not a doctrine. It's life. It must be real. Okay? And when the other thing, healing. How many churches practice healing? How many, how many churches do you see they practice healing? There are teachings in the body of Christ. If you go to theological seminars, they will teach you about that healing died out with the last apostles. 
okay? <laughs> prosperity, tithing, and so on. I'm telling you, you can put that on your Facebook, you will really get some intellectual arguments for and against it all the time, okay? Baptism, baptism, maybe, yeah, I'll tell you, Pastor Fang's family, they came from the Lutheran church, and for many years I was trying to show them, you need to be baptized. They said, we are baptized. Say when? When we were babies. And they just couldn't see it. It took 11, 12 years for the Holy Spirit to convince them. Okay? Communion. I'm telling you, there's also a lot of, con you know, Catholics, you know, you know the Catholics, it has to be alcohol. So if you want something from a priest, go to him after communion on Sunday because they have, you're not, uh, they're not allowed to throw it out. They have because it's the blood of Christ. So, so if you want some discount on your funeral or wedding or whatever, it's much easier to talk to them. But, but, but what, what, what are all these things in common that I just mentioned to you? It's something that manifests in the natural. Amen? It's something that healing, either, either you have it or you don't. When you preach healing, either you get it or not. Don't whisper, oh, I take it by faith. No, when I was in Canada here, there was a woman. And uh, so, so, so she, she was really, she was so intense. So she came up to me. Oh, she was praying. She was, oh, she was really putting herself. And I said, relax. So, and when I was trying to minister to her, I said, just check it now. I said, yeah, yeah, I got it by faith. That's what I say. I don't want you to have it by faith. I want you to have it. Because you know what she means by I have it by faith. She means I haven't got it, but I hope I will get it one time. Okay? But, and it was not until I got her to relax. Okay? I think she had a joke about her husband. She started laughing. And then she got healed. Why? Because she relaxed. Anyway, this is, but it's, it's something that manifests immediately, okay? And we need to get a far higher level of healing than we've ever seen, you know, but we, we need to go beyond back pain or knees. Or we, we need to come back to where, like Smith Wigglesworth, he see cancer tumors just dissolve right in the moment. I'm glad I don't have his faith because I would, can you imagine? Have you, have you heard of a test when he's in Los Angeles and there's this baby and he kicks it out of the platform? Can you imagine that? I, I, I said, God, I'm glad you didn't ask me to do things like that. Or the guy, they brought him from the hospital and he punched him. And when the doctor runs behind Smith Wigglesworth and shouting at him, you killed him, you killed him, you killed him. And then suddenly, while this doctor is shouting, he, you killed him, the guy, he, he said he had killed, he's, he, he's running behind the door and I'm healed, I'm healed. Okay. We need to get back to that level of faith. Because this is, you know, you, you work in the health sector, you know that we're, yeah, we may be so far ahead uh, medicine-wise as ever, but still there are so many diseases that there is no medical answer to. And yet the Bible say and promise we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. 
Amen. Can you imagine when you go to work, you have five fingers, don't you? It doesn't say the apostles have to do it. It doesn't say the prophet has to do it. It doesn't say the teacher has to do it. It doesn't even say the pastor has to do it. It says you. So if you are tired at work, you want to go home early, you just run around the whole ward. What are you doing? I need to get home early. Amen. But can you, can you imagine that? You know, there was a man called John G. Lake. He started this thing called the Healing Rooms. He used to be a missionary in, in South Africa. When he moved to Washington, uh, uh, not the sta- city of Washington, the state of Washington, mm-hmm. and um, uh, he, he, he lived in a town called uh, Spoken, I think it was. And that's where he, he uh, started the healing school. And according to American statistics, no, national statistics at the time, Spoken became the healthiest city in the United States. Amen. It became the healthiest city in the United States. Why? Because the presence of God was there. Why does everyone in the world know Oxford and Cambridge universities? Well, anywhere you go, why? Because Oxford was started with the purpose of educating priests to the society. Cambridge to educate scientists. It was quite. It was Christian based. You go to Cambridge. Uh, what is it? What is his name now? Uh, Adams. So. <laughs> Samuel. Yeah. <laughs> no, he he goes. You know, he goes to what I think is Trinity College. Matthew went to Christ, you go to these, so it's called Jesus College, Magdalene College, it's all named by Christians because it's the Christian heritage. This is our job. We, you know, have you ever, you know, I don't know, I might be wrong because I'm not traveling in the Muslim world, but in general, you do, when you go to anywhere, you don't see, what, the, what, what do you call a Muslim who is, what is a Muslim equivalent to a saint? So, so you don't have a saying James's hospital, for example. No, so what would I, what? So yeah, but Muslims don't you don't you don't see a hospital called Alice Hospital or something like that. I haven't seen one, but it's Saint Luke, Saint James's, Saint Thomas. You know, it's all because it's us who are the answer to the world. Why? Because we are special, no, but because we have a special God. No, it, it was, you know, every time there's a disaster in the world, who do you see first on the scene? Red Cross. Everywhere. They're always the first one. Yeah, I know there is the, what is the green half moon, or what, what, do, what do we call it, a green half moon or something like that. But it's supposed to be equivalent to Red It's a bit long to say, green half moon. No, but, but it's us who is the light of the world. You and I, when we received Jesus as, as our Savior, we became God's answer to the world. Amen. You and I. Not God do something. When you say God do something, God says you do something. God healed that person. God says you heal that person. Help that person. God says you help that person. Why? Because he's in you. He's upon you. And he is with you. Amen.
The Bible talks about he goes in front of you, he goes behind you, he's all around you. You bringing God everywhere you go. Amen. Think about that. Everywhere you go, you bring heaven with you. You bring all the ability of heaven with you. Everywhere you go. So, we, so James here, he says, this is the guy I want to speak to when I get to heaven, James. As his, his name is not James, his name is Jacob. Okay? Because he must have a rough life. Can you imagine your big brother was Jesus? It must be horrible. Your mom and Kate, why can't you do it like Jesus? <laughs> oh, see, I made this. Oh, that's nice, Kate, but this is what Jesus did. <laughs> Everything is perfect. Oh, that's, and the other one I pity is Joseph. Because Joseph, he probably said to Jesus, You did it. No, I didn't do it. Yes, you did. No. You're grounded for a week. And then he stands up before Jesus. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, but, but James, he says this. He said, I show you my faith by my works. Faith is not, you know, this thing about that I have it by faith, this is not Christian. This is Greek philosophy. That's Greek philosophy. We have mingled into our Christian faith. When I have faith, I do. Amen. I, I have, you know, if, if, let's say, I said to you, I have faith, I'm going to be a missionary in Greenland, and the next time you see me, I'm in Haiti. Um, you know, that's not faith. But what about Greenland? I do it by faith. No, you didn't do it. Faith can be seen. Faith can be seen. Faith can be seen. How do you believe God? You know, with the prosperity thing, how do you be, how how do you activate your faith? By sowing, by giving, by tithing. That's how we do it. How do you do it with healing? By laying hands on the sick, and they shall recover. How do you be, believe this thing about baptism in the Holy Spirit? Just say, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit, and then start speaking in tongues. It's that simple. No one laid hands on me to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I, I stood by just in my flat. I heard someone talk about it in church. Someone said, Jesus, I want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I want to. And then the Holy Spirit just came over me. Wow. And then I just started speaking in tongues. And then the devil said, uh, this, is not, this is not of God. This is not of God. This is not. Okay. But do you know what? The more I spoke in tongues, the better I felt. Do you know? The Bible, the Jews says that we should build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying or speaking or praying in the Spirit. And I saw, I remember that just shortly after I got saved, <coughs> my best friend, uh, he was not a Christian, his mom died. And it was a huge shock on me. And it was, I remember I had two miles to walk to, to university in the morning and, and I did not know how to, to pray. So I just prayed in the spirit. So I did that for a week. And I can still remember, I walked in, I, while I went to, to school there, I had to go through a forest. And then right in the middle of that forest, I was speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. And then suddenly something came and it just took the whole uh, oppression away. 
that uh, it, it was it was supernatural because you know the grief that I felt for my that she, that she had passed away was was just so uh, she was she was very young and um, but it was through praying in the Holy Spirit that I got through it because many of times we do not know how to pray because you know we have to understand Christianity is not a science it's a relationship okay there's you know there's no there's no one person even in the natural you can say if you just do this 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 and this to that person then that person will do this this and this it doesn't work we have, if we have we probably all tried it with our parents and the only response we're getting is what do you want or what have you done so to speak okay and the same thing with god i you know there's not something that if if, if it's this need you have you have to pray like this or if this need you have you pray, pray no i didn't know so i just prayed in the spirit and i just start feeling what it, what john talks about that rivers of living water shall flow out of your belly. Amen. And it was just an amazing, amazing experience where the grief just disappeared. Just like uh, mist in the sunlight. It just, just it, once it was very, really heavy, and from the next moment it was gone. Okay? And it was because I prayed in the Holy I didn't know how to pray. Because there are many situations you don't even know what to say. Because we don't have the full picture, we don't have the whole uh, uh, scenario, and but our our power does not lie in our knowledge. Our power lies in our relationship. Amen. So, so I can show. I will show you my faith by my works. Show you my faith by my works. Acts three. No, Acts three four. It's when we come out of the temple, Peter and John, and we ain't fascinated. And, and Peter and John, they, they caught this thing, and then they say to the crippled man, they say, they didn't say, look at Jesus. Peter, he said, look on us. Look on us. He didn't say, remember what I said last Sunday about unless a seed falls into the ground and die. What, what, did, what did Peter and John say? Say, look on us, we have caught the real revelation of that they're not showing Peter and John to the crimp man. They realized now we are expressing and showing Jesus. That's why they say, look on us. Okay? And you know, that's the same with you and me. Pastor Yonggu Chiu, when he learned about this thing, he had to teach himself about the kingdom of God. This is another way to say Jesus. So he, used, so he, so he had to make himself aware of the reality of that the kingdom of God was in him. So when he was in his office, when he, now yeah, that's another couple I would like to meet in heaven because they have some funny conversations, okay? But uh, so he used to take the phone, call his wife, and say, "Hello, dear, the kingdom of God is coming home." Um, and, and when he comes home and says, the kingdom of God is home now. The kingdom of God, what, what, what is the kingdom of God going to eat tonight? So he said these things, and it sounds silly, okay? But it was to make himself aware of who he is. Amen. 
You know, we are very good at telling, speaking to ourselves about how useless we are, how dumb we are, how insufficient we are. But maybe we need to start learning to speak to ourselves about who we really are. That we are the kingdom of God. That we are God's righteousness. That we are the child of the living God. That we can do all things with Christ to strengthen us. Whatever we lay our hands to, it will prosper. And then get rid of this uh, foreboding spirit where we always expect something bad to happen, but start expecting something good to happen. Because this foreboding spirit is a spirit of the world. It, it comes in many forms. We say we're saving for a rainy day. If that is the case in England, we have saved a lot. Okay? Uh, but what about, why not catch on to someone like Oral Roberts? He's, every time Oral Roberts started his TV program or radio program, he started out saying, something good is going to happen. Amen. Something good is going to happen. Why? Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Do you know that? When, you have, when the anointing is upon you, you attract success. This is what Joshua 1, 8 and 9 talks about, that good success shall overtake you. Really, it, you attracting success. You become a magnet for good things to, to cling onto you. You don't need to seek it. It will latch onto you. You know, you, you, I'm so old. I used to play with magnets. You know, have you, you know, a magnet when it's metal, it attracts it. So are you when you are anointed? Amen? And you are anointed. Why? Because you are a Christian. Someone said to me, I'm not anointed. Sir. Are you a Christian? Yes, but I'm not anointed. So I said, now, now you're a contradiction. Because if Christian means anointed. Amen? You are anointed. But the thing is, you need to expect it. Okay, you need to, if if you don't expect it, you don't know what to expect. Okay, when you when you know, that's why the Bible talks about my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It's not destroyed. It's that basically what it really means is that because you don't know, it just goes over your head. Okay, it's like. This thing really is it's just like, you know, in this room today that we are in here right now, there's a lot of signals going on here. Okay? But if, if we took a TV in here with an, with an antenna, we could catch some of the signals. Or radio, we could catch some of the signals. Or what, know, we can even do it on our phone. But if we don't, it just goes past us. Do you know... For each one of us, there are so many blessings around us. But because we have been taught and brainwashed to believe that we should just make do with the little crumbs. We don't, we cannot fathom, we cannot catch this thing that God wants you to live a life in more than enough, in abundance. You know, what is John 10, 10 says? That Jesus said, I have come to give you Life. And now I like the next two words. More abundantly. Okay? But many of us, we've been taught in terms of that this life here is like a survival course. And we mustn't ask for too much because of now we're showing that we are ungrateful. 
that we are not humble, that we, we, we should just make do because of we really don't deserve it. No, we don't deserve it. It's, it's by grace and it's by his mercy. But it's not me who made the rules. It was him. And I'm telling you that when you prosper, when you have breakthroughs, when you have success, God has success. I, I have never seen on Facebook, my, myself included, say, oh, what a horrible day. My children did well today. Oh, oh, they got a good school report. What, oh, what have I done? This is really a bad day. No, every parent celebrates with children more than with child. So why do we think God is any different? So why do we think that God gets glory from us living like something that the cat has drawn? No, but in, when I grew up, in Denmark, we don't have school uniforms. And so it was very clear when you went to school to see the, the kids' background, okay? And, but I might remember wrong, but what I remember really is that no matter how a child was dressed, the other parents never said, look at that child. They were, think they were referring to the parents. Why does the parents not? I, I was just reading. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the English word is for it, because this is a women's thing. You know, in the 70s, 60s, you know, when women had to do their hair. Uh, so they had to. Do they call them curlers? Yeah. You know, this was uh, this was a Danish guy who invented it. And um, so I was just reading about him now, okay? And, um, and now, what, what was it I was going to say now about that? Now I just dropped it. Sorry? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, so, so I, was his, I was an assistant, yeah? And she was a, a very poor, poor farmer woman or something like that. But, and they didn't have much or so on. But, she made a statement about her family. She said, you know, she, she said everything she could do. She had no education for it, but she could do this thing. I mean, the last thing she's saying, something like, and my kids are wearing clean clothes and they have food in their stomach. Okay, she didn't say they were best dressed. But, but, it, but what I'm saying is it refers to her parents. And what I'm trying to tell you is, God wants you to succeed far more than you want to succeed yourself. And when he looks at us weird kids and says, you know, and they don't want to succeed and they think they're glorifying me. Here am I having everything they, they need and they're thinking they, they're pleasing me by saying I don't need it. Okay? You know, the, the kingdom of God is there, is there is no limit. And the only limit is what religion has taught us. And religion very often comes through so-called Christianity. Okay? That's why we need to know God through the Bible. Okay? So we must come out of this virtual Christianity and say, faith can be seen. Faith can be seen. Faith can be seen. 
I was I was blessed that I didn't come from a religious background when I got saved. So I didn't have this all this religious jargon and religious baggage with me. And so that's so when so those who grew up in Christian, they already had something that oh this is impossible, this is not possible. I didn't have that. For me, I just read all things are possible with God. I say yes, that's great. You know, when I, when I uh, I was reading, I have I have this book where I wrote all these testimonies down from when I was saved. And when I went home and visited my parents once a month, I used to have a huge bag because. I couldn't afford to do the laundry, so I brought all the laundry with me, and I had to walk about two, three miles from where I lived to the coach station, and and it was quite heavy, I thought, okay, and then I was just thinking, oh, the Bible say is saying that your angels were supposed to help us or something, and I said, oh Jesus, could you not send a few angels or something like that? And you know what happened? I had not even said it, finished the sentence. And the guy who lived on the, no, no, he lived on top of me. He was a, he was a much older gentleman. He came in his car. I said, Kurt, do you need a lift? I'm telling you, these angels, they kicked his car in that, down that street where I was at. Or, uh, and you can say, oh, this is coincidence and coincidence and coincidence. No, it's not coincidence because of, it happens at the moment I'm saying it. And at the time that I'm needing it. Do you, do you understand? And and it, and it happened over and over and over again. And that's why, that, yeah, like just like I I have had my John the Baptist moment. Oh Jesus, is really you? But but because my relationship with Jesus is not a teaching, it's not a doctrine. It's a relationship. No matter how much frustrated I am. No matter how down I can feel, I cannot deny him. Because I didn't know about him, I got to meet him. And it's very important to understand that knowing about him and meeting him are two different things. I can tell you a lot about a lot of people I never met. Okay? But, but that's not what it matters. It is, have I met them? Remember when Jesus he talks about people who come and say, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do this in your name? And didn't we? They didn't have a relationship. And when Jesus said, I never knew you. Okay? And what that word knew, that is used there, is only used once before in the Bible. And it, that is the time and it says that Adam knew Eve. That's why that we, we you know, Jesus must be in us. That's why we, you know, we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. So that you cannot differentiate between you and God. Amen. So next time someone complains about your cooking, you think you don't like what God cooked? As I said to you, the moment you say grace, you lost the right to complain about the food. Amen. Because either your prayer didn't work. Kill every German with food in Jesus' name. Uh, as I told you, when I had the chicken feet, I didn't have much faith in my prayer. <laughs> okay. I, I still get traumatized when I, when I see like, the nail coming up from the soil source. 
Oh. Have you ever thought about what we're going to eat in heaven? You know, with, with every culture's food habits. Can you imagine? Hopefully it's not manna we have to eat. But, okay. First Corinthians 2, 4. Well, I'll finish with that. First Corinthians 2, 4. Or we can start with... No, let's just read from uh, verse 1, I think. Uh, yeah. No, let's just read from verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Do you know, he, what, what are we called to do? Because have you noticed, for, for all of us, when, when we hear things like what I'm sharing to you. So it's easy to say, oh, but it's better that he or she does because they are more articulate, uh, they are more gifted, or whatever it is. So like have knows that we can quickly uh, bounce the responsibility onto someone else because they are more visible. But the thing is, we are all called to be witnesses. Witnesses. You know, that I cannot be a witness of your experience, so to speak. No, you, you are the only one who can be a witness of what you have experienced. I can't show up to a court and say, I would like to volunteer to be a witness. What would they ask? Did you see it? I say, no, but I read about it. When I wouldn't qualify as a witness. Okay? Anyway, so, but here he says, I didn't come, for, uh, basically, I'm not, I was not very articulate with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. He said he declared the testimony. Testimony. Basically, he's sharing his own experience. He's sharing, I, Paul, who used to be Saul, I went on the road to Damascus, and I got knocked off the donkey. And when I heard a voice, he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That's what he's sharing, his testimony, how he met Jesus. You know, you have to know Paul, when he was so, he knew a lot about him. He was a, he, he was studying, he was a student under Gamaliel, who was the, according to Josephus, Gamaliel was the, the, the top uh, rabbi at the time, okay? Paul was a student of it. And, and as a Pharisee, you most likely, at this stage of his life, Paul, he would be able to recite the whole Old Testament. This was common for Pharisees. Okay? And as I say, but it was, it was not knowledge he was sharing. It was not doctrines he was sharing. It was not what does the Bible say about this, or what does the Bible say about this, or what does the Bible say about this. I'm telling you, that's not how it works. It works by seeing. And if you have kids, you know that. You can tell your kids anything in the world, but they're just going to do what they see. Uh, most of us, how did we learn how to cook? We learned by seeing. Okay? For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words, 
or man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Notice the words he's using, demonstration, meaning you can see it. We are supposed to make the kingdom of God visible. For people who cannot see it, they see you and me, they can see the kingdom. They can see Jesus. Amen. We want to see Jesus unless a seed falls into the ground and dies. This is, this is who we are. This is who you are. You are, not, you are not you receiving Jesus. No, you are. You and Jesus now are one. Okay? He came in demonstration of power. It could be seen. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of, of, of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. But in the power, your faith is based upon the power of God. The power of God. You can. I know people who have, who studied theology. They, they know the word in Hebrew, in Greek. They know everything, and yet they go wrong because they did not know Him. And that's what is important. Smith Wigglesworth. He, the only book he could read was the, the Bible. He could not read anything else. He could only read the Bible. He was. He, he, I think he learned to read when he was 40 plus or something like that. And but he knew God. I, you know, it's not. We, we, this is not a doctor, as I said, not a doctrinal book. It's not to teach you about Jesus. It's about introducing you to Jesus. Amen. It's that it must be your faith. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. Meaning, don't build your faith upon the Bible. Say this or that or the other. That's that's all good and well, but it starts with you know Him. Remember what what happened when Jesus was baptized. The Father spoke from heaven. He said, This is my Son, the Beloved. That was the foundation. That was the foundation of his ministry. This is my Son, the Beloved. And out of that foundation, now when the devil came to him in the distance, he said, It is written. It is written. It is written. But if you have not had the foundation of the encounter, the relationship with the power of God first, it doesn't matter how much you have said it is written. Because, but in the West we made it is as long as we, that because we, uh, uh, we, we, we have made it into a teaching object, a te teaching subject, which it isn't. It is about you and I getting to know the living God, knowing, 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 okay, that, that you know. That in the early days when I came to England, you know, after a few weeks when the excitement of moving to another place was, not, was over, I really did not want to live here, okay? In the winter, the, the wind comes through the walls, and you know, it was just horrible. I, I really did, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, because uh, I think it's something I only experienced in England, but it's, uh, it's like 
the, the human, it sticks to your clothes, so to speak. And I, and I just I was really, really homesick. And I just remember every, 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 every time I said Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit just came, and it was just like that the Holy Spirit embraced me, okay? And I could feel it physically, okay? And that's the relationship we all need to have. Not, not every once in a while, but all the time. Because of now, that becomes your testimony. That becomes what will get you through when the, when the going gets tough. It's not because you have the right doctrines that you will pull through in hard times. It will be because you have the testimony. What does the Bible say in Revelation? That we shall overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Amen? Not, not, not by our doctrine, not by our right teachings, not by our right understandings, but by the word of our testimony. Do you know, a believer who has met Jesus is the most powerful being in the world. The devil cannot destroy you. Amen. He can destroy a lot of theologians, but someone who met Jesus cannot be destroyed. It cannot be destroyed because he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that uh, grant us boldness to act upon what you have already done for us. Hallelujah.